You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his penis. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> What up, what up, what up, y'all? We back in this bitch. Hey! We back in this bitch. It has been several months. Hey! A lot has gone down. A lot has happened, probably for you guys as well. We just figured we would just, like, drop an episode, drop a snack bite on y'all real quick. A little something, something, A little something, something, without any preparation, without any word. Uh, And hopefully you guys are excited to see it drop from Well Well. And some of you, I know some of you for sure, because I've seen you in the Twitter mentions, are like, wow, Candace, it's 2021, bitch. It's March 2021. (laughs) We were expecting the snack bite in fall 2020. This is true. But, you know, things... Things, things were going on, you know, we that we were all aware of, you know. So, you know. A lot has transpired. We're still in a panty, a papasan, depending on what you're calling it, that day. And a lot of shit has been going down. Rona is still out there doing her thing. She's still in them streets. Turning up a little too much for my liking. But, you know, there are vaccinations out there. Hopefully some of y'all have gotten your vaccination, part one, maybe both, and are thriving still with a mask on. But, like, hopefully a little safer than you were last year. Because last year was, last year was a lot. It was. Oh my. Oh yes. It was. But um, welcome to 2021. I'm happy that you all made it. Um, Hopefully your families are all doing well. You know, we're gainfully employed, some of us. Uh, Or we're looking forward to some sort of assistance, maybe from like the government or... Right. Oh, those stimmies supposed to be dropping real soon. Oh, yeah. Maybe you will have your stimmy if you're an American citizen. That is. Let me say that. By the time you hear this episode, and if you're not an American citizen, you're probably doing better anyway. In fact, if you're in New Zealand, like, I'm a bit jealous. I'm a bit jealous. But I'm glad you guys are actually having concerts and like events and shit. Like things that really feel like we're not going to partake until 2023 at best but you know trying to stay optimistic oh man i saw a meme and someone was like yo where my modernas at make some noise shout out to my Justin Wait, and Johnson. right no, and then, but not... with people cheering but yeah dj rono whatever is like record scratching at the club turning the volume down on the songs shouting <laughs> out the versions of which provider of the vaccine and those are different people making noise in a club so it's like you know where my moderna's at and then people are shouting out like it's boroughs like where brooklyn at and it's like oh i get it now (laughs) i get it now damn it's probably because people really haven't been out fraternizing the way they're used to unless of course you're in the red states because those bitches been fraternizing the whole damn time there has been no time during the panty that the red states have been like you know what let's chill let's stay inside you know it's fun the greater good about telling people that this is infringement on freedoms when the people who are heavily affected are, are the people um, that are just minding their business and trying to be great because the people telling you to not take it seriously were the first in line to get their vaccinations. They've yet to publicly say, yeah, make sure you get it and it's helpful, but they're definitely shaking the table. You know, it's against my First Amendment rights. If I ever go Whatever. into that restaurant and someone says to me, well, I don't feel comfortable wearing that. Well, it's fine. Do you feel comfortable catching this beat down? Or um, stay outside. I mean. All right. You could do that. Or you could just stay the fuck outside. They called ICE on Taco, uh, a Tex-Mex restaurant in Texas because they were enforcing the masks after the governor or whoever said, you know, we lifted the mandate. Y'all ain't got to wear it. And they said, well, for our establishment, you do have to wear it. And people were so angry about wow. needing to wear the mask they called to ice? eat at that one Tex-Mex place that they, yeah, that's trying whack. to get them raided. That's wax sauce. That is definite wax sauce. <sighs> well, you guys, you know, hopefully you are here listening to this right now with us. You've made it through relatively, un- saying unscathed is like impossible for this past year, but relatively sane, you know what I'm saying? I'm relatively healthy. Hopefully your coping mechanisms are still working for you and not failing you. One of my non-coping mechanisms, as Terrence knows, is that I don't check emails anymore. 
Like I do, but I really don't. Lord, it's just been hard. Y'all already knew this. Y'all knew. But yes, hopefully for everyone, the majority of your friends and family members have made it through the past year and our sincere condolences and love sent out to all of you who may have lost someone during 2020. We feel you. We share in that pain. And damn, am I happy to be out of 2020. Yeah, but here's hoping that uh, people act right so that uh, 2021 is not 2020 uh, twin sister. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know if I, I'm ready for that. Or I'm no. not ready. I'm not ready. Are we still in the studio? Man, we have had some shenanigans in the studio, y'all. Because we basically just got to this well, the studio that we're in right when we started going live last year. And when we tell you shenanigans have been afoot, uh, they've been afoot. Oh, so, my. <laughs> oh, my. We've done our best to hold on to the space. And we are so happy to finally be back in here recording and trying to get back to some regularity. Because we've missed you guys. Hopefully you've missed us. We have seen some of those salty Twitter messages. I feel like you've been on Twitter more than me, but you just block you just block them out. You're like, I just, I can't deal no, with I it. No, I mean, like, there's an inbox. Like, you don't respond. And I will eventually have the courage. I'm skittish when it comes to, like, my emails, my inbox. My emails and inbox there, it is, it is plentiful and high in value. It is plentiful. Um, I missed out on uh, someone wanting me to audition for a thing. I was supposed to fly, Lord, once again to LA. Actually, oh. but you know me in I real time. Yeah, like, in real time, um, but I don't have a passport, and you know my my license is um is uh <laughs> is due for <laughs> Wait renewal. A I thought you you know what it's sir? due for renewal. I thought we looked at the fine print, and you said that she was going to handle that, but I guess I, it's still I TBD. Mean, I mean, I, TBD. I, it's being handled. But it would have had to have been handled by like this time, real time, <laughs> Yo, so that heck? I could go and do like my NDA business over in LA and stuff. Oh, yeah, and I would have been can. there for half April, yeah. and and then they would have never heard from us um, ever again. No, that's that's <laughs> dramatic, y'all. I'm playing. But after he came back from his audition, but yeah, so we in this bitch. Should we just head over to the correction segment? This is a snack bite, y'all. So we're not going to be in here for like 18 hours monologuing about our two favorite ladies. But we will be back monologuing for hours. But just to let you know, just in case you were getting cuddled and snuggled and tucked in for a three-hour jaunt, not this time. And hopefully I don't play myself. Come the end of this recording and be like, oh my God, look at those three hours. We totally oh said God, we're going to do it. Did the sunrise like, again? Let's try to set limits. But yes. All right. Like, so should we should we head to the corrections? Let's mosey over onto. Why am I always moseying over somewhere? I don't know It's been why. a year. I know, but I need Okay. It's been less than a year. But still, <laughs> it's been a lot of time and you're still yes, moseying over I to the correction segment. I will learn new words. But yes, let's go to corrections. It's the correction segment. Wow. Did we totally fuck that up? Did we? I mean, I hope that did. did I think it did. Yeah. And this is why we have snack episodes. All right. You know what? This first correction, it's uh, it's probably obvious. And it's definitely been stated already, but it doesn't hurt to stay again. We are correcting ourselves that the snack, the snack was coming in the year 2020. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's so didn't drop in 2020, but I feel like it's not our fault. Not not totally, not entirely. But yeah, so that's that's a fucking correction, bitch. Like, it's been wild. It's been ridiculous. So hopefully y'all can give us some... Um, is it grace? Is it space? What do people give you? Uh, um, I, I think it's space and grace. No, it's both. Yeah. Um, a twofer. Hopefully you guys get it. Yeah, so we apologize for not being able to put anything out the past few months, especially rounding out the end of 2020. But as we've indicated, shit was getting wild in our personal lives and other things. And so that just had to be handled. And schedules, unfortunately, did not align. But we back in this bitch. Do you have a correction, Terrence? Uh, just that, um, that I thought I could save the videos that we were doing in like this medium where we were doing things kind of offline but not really what does that and, mean uh there were videos that we were putting out uh-huh. that i thought that we would be able to like collect and just have somewhere and be able to like keep track of who's viewing and for how many minutes and things do of you that mean nature. Like youtube what are you well, talking no, about no not youtube well we were People doing me youtube what do you mean like a vimeo well Sort of Vimeo, but it was the other thing where people were kind of in our thing as well. Well, we kept about Periscope. Well, we kept trying to do lives, but have like footage that people could kind of watch and listen to us speak and do a thing. 
And Why am I so lost? I don't know. I have, and someone I like came I have no in what you're talking and they were about. a hardcore Christian talking about God and we what? didn't understand what was happening. What was the evangelical? What are you talking about? <laughs> what is this? I I don't know what he's correcting, y'all. I gotta I gotta keep it one hundred. I don't know what he's correcting. Oh, uh, it was it was like an event kind of thing that we tried to do. Oh, Trilly Eve! (laughs) Why didn't you just say Trilly Eve? What was this? What was this? Oh my God. That was a whole lot to get to Trilly Eve. I didn't even know what you were talking about. You are talking about Trilly Eve. And you know what? That was with the Colossal Fuck Fest that was uh, last winter. So it's still happening though, right? So there's that. The correction was, again, that it was happening in 2020. It did not. But considering how many things went wrong, I think we're good. We had different apps that we were testing to try to get us... A combination of like being able to all hear and understand each other in real time, being able to watch a screen. But then that one app died. That one company was like, we out. We done. They sure uh, did. <laughs> so I was like, well, oh, we shit. were ready to go until this app crashed until and burned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Um, you know what? My last correction is honestly, I mean, I guess I got to give you your props. I'm reluctant to do this. Those of you that were hanging out with us live through the course of season three last year, you remember at the end of the season, the dark things Terrence said that I fought him on. And it was that he said we wouldn't be getting Killing Eve, uh, Killing Eve season four for like two years, that it would be like 2022. And at the time, those of you watching saw my reaction. You, You saw what I did. You heard what I said. And I'm here to tell you that I'm wrong. You guys, I obviously am wrong. We are here. All these months have passed. Everyone knows, probably most of you listening to this know that Killing Eve has not. They have not begun shooting. They will not begin shooting for another few months. And so (laughs) correcting myself, Terrence was right. There is no Killing Eve in 2021. And we're hoping, fingers crossed, in 2022. Who the fuck knows? We'll be here next year with another correction. Right. Let's not, let's let's not, because I think we might actually lose it entirely. Oh, I I I just don't know how we're supposed to cope and deal but yeah i think that's that's it for me unless you have any more corrections i'm I'm pretty sure i'm done uh i feel like that does wrap me up uh thank you for everyone who visited a palastria which was my island on animal crossing oh that's Um, right it was nice having some of y'all come and visit I know I don't water my plants <laughs> enough, but I appreciate it. It was it was it was Aww. nice having some of y'all come by. That sounds adorable. I want to land or town. I mean, there's a thing I'm building for the Oculus, but I'm like, I want I want people to visit my town, the town of Misandre. Oh, an Oculus thing sounds fun. All right, so are we moving on to Revelations? Oh, look at the accent. You know, it doesn't matter how long it's been, Candace will pull it out. Will a fucking accent. Right. It's, it's it's just a thing it that will happen. Uh, yeah, let's do Revelations. Killing Eve, Revelations. <laughs> Yo, did that really just fucking happen? I'm dead. All right, uh, this is a revelation I basically just said, but I will reiterate that Killing Eve season four is shooting, and specifically it's shooting this summer. I want to say, gosh, it's a J month. It's definitely a J month. Uh, Fiona Shaw was the one on the record talking about it. Do you remember if it's June or July? I feel like it's June, but maybe it's July. Oh, she says June 2021. I know it was one of the J's. So better June than July, bitch. Let's get the, yeah. the early bird gets the worm in this situation. Besides, I think people are probably beyond desperate for set photos, just for anything, for any indication, any indication of what could be happening in season four, given the ridiculous ways and waves and vibes that we left on season three. I will try to resist the urge to go into a rant so we can complete our goddamn revelations like professionals. But it's there, guys. It's on the cusp of coming out. Ooh, well, I have the Mo Jafari interview. <laughs> Did you say you have a Mo Jafari interview? Uh, this is a revelation. I don't feel like you're revealing anything to me except that you have a continued affinity for Mr. Jafari, which again, is not a revelation. You know what? Let me jump into one of my revelations that I have left, which is all kind of really the same thing, even though there's multiple revelations. And they have to do with what the cast is up to and what they've been up to and what they will continue to get up to in the interim between seasons three and four of Killing Eve. And so first up is news, you guys, that Sandra Oh is finally on set and doing stuff for the chair, according to industry details. Uh, Is that the Netflix project that she was set to do and 
was, I guess, prematurely hoping to be done with by this time, uh, as far as projections were concerned. You guys probably heard us mention this show in a previous episode. It's a Netflix series, original Netflix series, I believe. I think it's going to be a Netflix original that is being produced by... Amanda Peet and D&D from Game of Thrones, which is a bad sign. But one of those Ds <laughs> is married to Amanda Peet, which is probably why they're connected. So let's hope for the best there. And so we saw some updates from Deadline a couple of weeks ago that that was happening. And another interesting thing that they were talking about was that Holland Taylor evidently has joined Sandra O oh and Jay Dupless in the chair. And for those of you who are aware of Holland Taylor, Holland Taylor is the partner of actress Sarah Paulson. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with Sarah Paulson. And if you're not, fix that. Fix your life. Get on it. Check out American Horror Story. And so she's been casting the show opposite Sandra Oh. So I already know those scenes, them scenes, whatever scenes they share together are going to be fire. Oh, oh, I, I too agree. From what we know from Deadline, Taylor will be playing Professor Joan Hambling, who is a, quote, witty, no-nonsense English professor working in the department chaired by Sandra Oh's character, ji And the two are apparently apparently close friends and confidants. So I expect some shit talking. I expect some gossiping. I expect some bullshit. And for all of it to be fire. The range on screen. And then the producer dollars in the credits. So like I, there's lots of reasons why I would already be attracted to this project. I mean, I'm prepared to laugh and think and cry when it comes to the chair. Uh, so I, I can't wait to uh, be able to experience that. Netflix, hurry that up. But, you know, that's not all that Sandra O's been doing. No, no. Oh, my God. This is sexist comment down here. I'm afraid. deadline. No, it's just <laughs> someone, you know, it's a dude who's like, honestly, this cast isn't old enough. Really? We out here trying to talk shit about the MILF supremacy? Like, uh, I, uh, men. I'll just say that, men. <sighs> Followed by a deep sigh. Uh, yeah. yeah, this cast could get older. They could add more older bitches. Where's Michelle Yao? I'm just desperate for her to come back in the thing, especially because I I, I don't know if I'm going to get any more fixes on Star Trek Discovery. Then I'm like, where's Michelle? Michelle, there is that movie that is supposed to come out soon with Angela Bassett. I feel like I should know. I feel like it's gunpowder smoke. Oh, I remember this, a weird action scene. Is this the one with the agents all from different? Uh, no, you said Angela Bassett. The name of the film is Gunpowder Milkshake, and it stars Angela Bassett, Michelle Yao, Lena Headey, and others. But those are like the top three MILFs probably in there. I know Karen Gillan from uh, the Marvel Verse, and where are those other movies? Oh, Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah, she's in there and some others. But yeah, it's called Gunpowder Milkshake. And if you guys don't know about it, please look it up. It's one of those films. I'm like, when are you coming out? Like, I know we're in a panty, but like, I need to see what these women are up to. On to our next revelation. Uh, Jody, who we know has finished, or we hope, has already finished with. Yeah, she's been finished with the okay. last two. That was the first project I'm pretty sure she was on once things started to kind of resume last oh, summer. Jody Comer's birthday ago was uh, <laughs> was working through and polishing off the last of the last duel. And... Uh, so Ridley Scott uh, seems to have another role in the works and is eyeing Jodie for the role of uh, the wife of Napoleon. And it's going to star Joaquin Phoenix. Wax sauce. I can't. I can't <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I cannot tell a lie about this story. And it's multifaceted for me. It's multifaceted because I'm just sort of like, why do we need a movie about Napoleon? He was a piece of shite. Easily, conservatively, no bullshit. No softening of the narrative like Napoleon was an asshole. And what's also interesting about this casting of, or this potential casting of Jodie as Josephine, is that historically, accurately, Napoleon's wife was a few years older than him. And so it literally makes no sense to have... Jody play opposite Joaquin in portraying this relationship. And I'm not necessarily suggesting that Jody should leave the project, although I'm like, do we have to work with Ridley Scott? Like, there's women out there doing stuff, but somebody gotta go. Like, if Jody doesn't go, like, Joaquin gotta go. Because are we just, are we, have we just said entirely when it comes to biopics, fuck it. Like, when it comes to talking about history, fuck it. Nothing has to be accurate. Nothing has to make any sense. Because I feel like that matters. It's contextualized for whatever the fuck they're trying to say about Napoleon, but also understanding the dynamics of the relationship. And when you have another, like, basic 20-year gap almost between thespians, it sets a different vibe than if you know that Napoleon was, was married or married a woman who was actually his senior. Yeah, because Jody's 
obviously not the senior to Joaquin Phoenix. Like, that's, that's not, that's not that at all. This can't be, this cannot be, that's all irrelevant. It seems like he's got his hands, this Ridley Scott, on lots of different projects. And some of them just seem like, I feel like this is his outrageous year. So maybe that's just the vein that he's he's gunning down for he's he's doing he's on his yolo year is what this is i wish because yolo means that that's the end <laughs> that we won't see anymore but he's literally announced the gladiator too and so i'm in i'm in the camp of people i'm like bro like <laughs> time to hang it up because when you have film directors who are like 70 and such and they're saying to you know 40 something year old women like you've aged out like we can't do this but they're still there with their tired ideas and opinions like really scott is fucking 83 years old Terrence, if you didn't know, and if you people listening, if you wonderful people listening didn't know that Ridley Scott was over fucking 80, that's the age. And so we must consider the multifacets of why people decide to do what it is they do creatively, why they choose the stories they do, the actors they do, like, what are y'all doing? And so for Ridley Scott, I can only speak personally for myself where I'm like, the better days, the best days. My dude, they're behind you. They're behind you. And so we already had hella problems with his insistence to produce The Last Duel because we're like, oh, my God, making a rape about a man and another man um, arguing with each other doesn't seem like something I'd be interested in. And he's like, you know what I want to do after The Last Duel? Do you know what I want to do? I would like to make some propaganda about Napoleon. And so (laughs) you just got to know for me, y'all, it's fuck Napoleon forever. Like, honestly, fuck Napoleon. He had no business going to the Caribbean in the first place. And so I'm just, I'm not interested in someone telling a story about Napoleon in which he may be seen in some sort of favorable or empathetic light. But I'm also not interested in seeing Jody act opposite another um, AARP eligible actor <laughs> because, because, you know, Ridley's impressed with her, which he should be. Be impressed with Jody. But um, can we match her? Accordingly, like either get the Adam dude, let's get the Adam dude. If we're going to do that, let's get the Adam dude. Just bring him back. Just bring back the same cast. But why we got to get Joaquin? Joaquin is old enough to be somebody granddaddy. And so I just feel like, I just feel like I would love to see a movie announced for Jody. I don't know. You know what? I'll say this. I would like to see a movie opportunity announced for Jodie Comer that doesn't involve Ridley Scott. How about that? Like, if we could just take Ridley Scott out of there she's, and involve she's somebody muse. else. Like, God. I know people are campaigning for, for Jodie to get into Marvel. Like, are, there's gotta be something else. There's gotta be something better than Ridley Scott's film playing Joseph. She's, she's my muse. Shit. Uh, anyways, that is happening, y'all. Oh, and actually all the actors are out here moving and working. And there is news, perhaps you guys have heard, of Phoebe Waller-Bridge and she will be working on a new project with Donald Glover and it is it is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, we will see what this vibe is going to bring. Um, <laughs> we understand that, you know, sometimes people just want to redo a concept. Like they'll see a foreign film and they'll want to make an American version of it. Like because they feel they need to because they feel but like Donald we can. Donald Glover can't. is American. Well, uh, yeah. But um, who is this film Four is the uh, only thing I can ask. <laughs> and once we figure heads, that out. The heads, the heads. The heads. But like overseas. a certain section of heads. <laughs> I don't know. Overseas. I'm like, they selling Donald overseas? I, like that? That's what he, is Donald he hot may, overseas? He what? may be. That that could be this this that that could be the direction. I mean, as I've tried to conceive it when I was talking to a friend earlier, I was like, awkward assassins? Like, am I about to kill you right now? Like, I just don't know. When you think of Phoebe Waller-Bridge and her branding, it's a certain type of cool bitch awkward. When you look at Donald Glover, it's another type of awkward. So if they're coming together for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, is it not awkward assassin squared? Like, is it not like, oh, what do we do? And I just don't know. I just don't know if that's the place. Like, I don't know if assassins is where you bring the awkward. I just, like, if you were being killed by an awkward assassin, that'd probably piss you off. I'd be like, damn. Because if it's a John Wick, atomic blonde type of person, you're like, well, this is just what's happening. If it's Donald Glover, I'm like, I have a chance. Like, I should have a chance so, to get right. it. So what it is, is right. So I would think it's, it's maybe him and his, like, dude assassin ring thing and then it's her and her women assassin ring thing and it's like with her side it's all the efficiency yeah but they're married a, well, they're married yeah. in the movie no no yeah so but they're for working for different agencies more than likely and then they find out that they're each other's targets maybe halfway through and that's like the I remember the plot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith it doesn't make it less awkward no no imagining these two because again the whole thing is 
assassins are supposed to be flawlessly cool and efficient. And so I don't know how that is the branding of Donald Glover. Like I'm I'm more I'm more likely to say that Phoebe Waller Bridge could adapt and do something else because well I'm just gonna keep it buck. I think she has more range. But at the same time I'm like what? Like I just, No, but I don't I, get right, it. Right, I don't but get it. Maybe there's like a twist that we don't see yet that they'll probably contribute. Like what if they have it where the couple's not happily married? And so now that's an extra layer of them sort of dealing with each other that's still awkward assassins though that's still awkward assassins and just like i said awkward assassins i don't i don't know where that genre fits perhaps this will be a new genre perhaps they won't be awkward at all but again i just don't know how they pitch this unless they pitch the strongest versions of themselves which again just parlays and plays into awkward so i don't know if you guys have thoughts on what phoebe waller bridge would be doing for mr and mrs smith if you have plot ideas hit us up in the inbox because we would like to know where you guys think this film could go i mean i'm happy that phoebe is out here Getting the bag, right? Inking and that get Amazon worse. I'm just deal. like, yeah. Right. I, I just, I, I want her to take a W, not an L. What if this is like how you know when Netflix gets you for a project, they'll put you in like two or three other things because that's just how I guess big that one deal is. So it's like here are some other things that you can also do that will also get you a check that'll just be on but our she platform. She has the Amazon deal, and so I'm sure that's part of it because maybe he doesn't he have one as well because he has other cons on Amazon. So I, it makes sense. I just of all the adaptations in the world, of all the things to be like, let's do this over. I'm still lost at why they would choose Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But you know what? And they're pulling it out of the movie it's pl- something. Uh, format and they're doing it as a video series. So now that yeah, also it's a TV series. Is- I mean, oh, oh, all right. Right, like there's a plot, there's a plot. We come in and there they are and then the plot reveals itself and then we go to the end. I just don't want to see Donald Glover <laughs> making out with Phoebe Waller-Bridge if I can avoid it. But then again, I sort of feel that way about a lot of a lot of head content. So that's probably just my, my Sappho bias coming out. I apologize, guys. Let's move on. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Donald Glover. Fingers crossed it is not a dumpster fire. And one of the last things we should probably mention here is Kimbodnia. The lovely Kimbodnia. Daddy K, as some of you guys refer to him. He has been recently cast in season two of The Witcher on Netflix as well. Like the chair for Sandra Oh. And he's going to be playing a character. Um, I want to say Vesemir, but, you know, I'm not really good with, I don't know how they say the names because I haven't been watching, but Vesemir sounds like it could be right. Oh, yes. Vesemir is correct. For those of you not familiar with The Witcher, the game or what's happening there, Vesemir, he's supposed to be like the oldest and most experienced Witcher <laughs> um, in that time. Is that is that him right now? Mm hmm. Wait, that's not him in things. No, no, that's no, Photoshop. No, that's, that's the, the, in the video game. So oh, yeah, I no, guess, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with the video game. My little brother, okay. he was a little too obsessed. But yeah, so it looks like Cambodia is going to be lending his wise old eyes to the Witcher. And hopefully he gets to catch a body because Kim has not caught a body on Killing Eve. Like, we don't get to see it. We've theorized about if Constantine is involved in, like, the Mercs, but we've never gotten to see it. So I hope Constantine, or rather, Kimbonia, gets to murk a bitch in The Witcher 2. I'm already watching that shit. You're not watching it, but you add more than one deadly woman to a show. I'm easy. I'm I'm there. It doesn't (laughs) even matter about the plot. Just make her dangerous and doling out the violence, and I'm going to be there. So yay and congrats to Kimbonia for booking that shit. I'm looking forward to it. As y'all already know, I already said, looking a bit less forward uh, to Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Donald Glover, but I'm still going to check that out. And even less, even less, to Jodie Comer's potential fucking film (laughs) number two with Ridley Scott, where she's playing the wife to Napoleon across Joaquin. And then, of course, Sandra O's The Chair, which I'm very excited about. Oh my God, it's like a spectrum. I was super excited about Kim. We went down. Now we're back up (laughs) because I'm excited about Sandra O co-starring with Holland Taylor because I'm like, bring the gay energy. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but also at the same time, Amanda, Amanda Pete, bring that gay energy. Like, let's not play games. Somewhere in that academic circle, there's Sappho. And so oh, as long oh, as yeah. we see that, I'm good. Definitely, definitely. But I think, I think that's it for Revelations, unless you have something else you want to add that I've missed. But that's pretty much all that we've kind of seen is that, oh, the show is, it is going to shoot again eventually. And oh, look, the, the actors are still working. Thank God they're paying their bills. No, I think we that should be pretty much it. I mean, the only other thing I could think of is more so Gentleman Jack Crack News versus Wellville now, only because the Geraldine actress is, of course, shooting because they have been shooting 
Uh, Wrong no. podcast. No, I know, but but, she was... but here you are still. No, we don't we don't acknowledge Geraldine <laughs> at this point in time. So let's just stop. We love Gemma. Fantastic, fantastic thespian. But Geraldine, like I've seen stuff on Twitter just sparingly, but people suggesting that Geraldine could come back for season four, and I'm like, do they look? I again, I love Gemma Whalen, but do they want to fight? Geraldine, like, does, do the Killing Eve executives just want to fight? Because let's not bring back Geraldine. Geraldine, there's no time. Be, she's gonna there's be no the time. She's gonna be the new Rianne. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! Stop. Because now I'm flashing back to how useless Rianne was at the end of the series, and it hurts my feelings because I was pulling. Every time you show me a woman assassin, ultimately I want her to thrive. I want her to thrive for as long as she can. And we know what happened with Rianne. I don't even know. I mean, I'm still convinced, actually. Let me roll that back. I was about to say, we don't even know if she got to smash Lady in Red, but you already know that I'm pretty sure she was in the boudoir <laughs> doing whatever she was commanded. So let me just, I'll leave it there. Oh, you know what? I just remembered I wanted to mention an article I read on Digital Spy that was featuring the words and about Dame Harriet Walter, also known as Dasha, on Killing Eve. And what caught my eye about it, I was just looking for general Killing Eve news as I get my alerts, but the title of it was Harriet Walter, quote, your whole casting relationship is built around a man, end quote. And I was like, oh, it sounds like we're taking the dudes to task, perhaps the patriarchy, perhaps sexism. And so... The subtitle of that article is The End and Killing Eve Star Discusses Her Feminist Revelation. And so for anyone who's just interested in actresses that have been in the biz, been doing the thing, been jaunting for decades and have a certain level of insight that other people can't have until they're in the business for that long, please check it out. It's some Digital Spy. We'll go ahead and link it in the show notes. So if you guys want to check it out. But she has had an impressive career and <laughs> unsurprisingly, men have affected her career in ways that are not the best. So you guys can read that and check it out. I no, not everyone was in love with Dasha, but we can all admit that Dame Harriet is a badass thespian. That she is. I want to say that about does it for uh, the revelations. Oh, I see this link at the bottom of my thing. I'm like, was this supposed to be a revelation, even though it's kind of not? Because it, <laughs> I basically have written down people are still writing ancient articles about killing me. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's technically in my little revelations area, but it's true. It's, and this it's, was the article I mentioned to you that was entitled Killing Eve, Why Villanelle is a True Main Character. <laughs> and then it has in parentheses, and why Eve is. And so I'm like, first of all, let's talk about this grammar. Let's talk about how this sentence doesn't make any sense. Why? But yeah, I mean, that was, I think that was the amount of insight into it. But we know Screen Rant, who is the offender, who wrote this article, they constantly write bullshit, I think, personally. And this is one of those articles. And it, it's almost pointless or purposeless. It's almost purposeless because why have why Villanelle is the true main character, then parentheses, and why Eve is. But why do that? Like, what is the point except to create a clickbait title in which you piss people like me off? And any other saying, Killing Eve fan, it was like, what? What? You know, people who work for these uh, publications, they have their uh, article quotas that they have to meet. And when there's a drought and they are just, uh, they're just fishing for some sort of idea to land, something will get created. And, you know, um, I'm sure they probably personally don't agree with the things that they wrote, but they, they wrote what it. What do you mean? I don't know. I think Darby's saying this for her whole chest. <laughs> Darby Harn. I'm sorry. I, I was, yeah. You know, I, I tried to uh, cover for you, but I'm sorry. You oh, my <laughs> God. This is the other subtitle. Villanelle and Eve represent one of the most dynamic duos on television. But which one of the Killing Eve leads is the true star? The true These hands star. Can on we talk your, about why your you're wired to think there could only be one? It's weird, sexist, internalized misogyny. Let's go down their list really quickly and drag it to hell inside of five minutes. So the article starts out saying, The show Killing Eve is consistently one of the most fascinating and fun television series on the air, with Jodie Comer winning an Emmy and BAFTA awards for her portrayal of Villanelle, a complex assassin. Sandra Oh as Eve Palastri, the woman who pursues her, has been nominated for an Emmy as well. Both are equally compelling, but who is the main character? So you're, you 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 notice that you mentioned Jodie's accolades, but you only they missed the golden. They right. missed the. You, you only mentioned they missed the Golden Globe, though. So maybe it's they regional. Missed, right. They missed the actual win. Anyways, let me let me try to calm down. Let me try to make it through these 10 moments without us spending an hour just yelling at Darby. Okay. Number 10 says Eve. She represents the audience. I think Eve represents herself. 
But, you know, what, what do I know? I'm just... Ew! Sorry, this is... See, I'm, I'm reading and reacting out loud. Okay, let me just get the this blurb audience. real quick. It says, Eve Palastri is ostensibly the main character and hero of the show being the, quote, good guy, which... <laughs> um, that, really? that was why I was laughing, right? MI6 agent, again, she's no longer employed by MI6, who pursues the bad guy assassin, Villanelle. But she isn't the obvious choice. What? Until I see a pay stub, she's an ex-MI5 agent. <laughs> they continue, Eve is somewhat dowdy, especially in comparison to the fashion-minded Villanelle and not a field agent when the series begins. In many ways, Eve is an average person, and she represents an audience surrogate as someone who is thrown into a complex and slightly exaggerated world of intrigue and murder. Ah, disagree with I that. I feel like That she's... feels like more like Elena. I feel like that's more like Elena. Like, Elena was stressed out. She suffered from PTSD. She basically said, I gotta go because... I can't deal with this. And we know for the next season, Elena was just like, I'm good. You guys can continue doing all that. But I actually, I had my fill. I did my spy shit and I'm over it. I'm going back to the desk. Right. The last sign of Eve in series one was where? Like she was ready for the next. And she just basically almost got shot at after stabbing her, you know, her beloved co-star. All right. So number nine is Villanelle. Jodie Comer is magnetic. The blurb says Jodie Comer has rocketed into stardom with Killing Eve, and it's easy to see why. She's an incredibly talented actress who gets to play a bunch of different characters through the chameleon-like Villanelle. She's magnetic in her performance, keeping the audience's attention and sympathy in spite of the terrible things Villanelle does to others, and especially Eve. Well, causing O's, but let me not go there. Jodie Comer creates a believable performance, even as Villanelle seems over the top in her behavior and her many amazing outfits. All right, let's go to number eight. Eve, Sandra O oh sneaks up on you. Oh, does she? Does, does she? she sneak because up? I, feel it, like I feel like it's the, the first episode. I, I mean, I feel, like the first episode. I feel like it's the first episode. I feel like I feel like that's so it doesn't have to sneak. It's there. What? Anyways, so let's read this blurb. Eve might be a little bland in comparison to Villanelle, but she's not less fascinating. That's entirely down to the subtle performance of Sandra O oh in one of her best roles. Um, yes, entirely. Even though we did not mention her Golden Globe win, yes, Sandra O oh gives Eve a frazzled, lived-in charm that proves irresistible as the show progresses. Her fascination with Villanelle is believable. <laughs> you know what? I just feel like when you involve the gay, what is so unbelievable about a woman being attracted to another woman whomst is attractive? I just, whatever. The head okay. gaze is a strange thing. The head gaze thing. is a strange, strange thing. It continues. Her fascination with Villanelle is believable, as is her quiet but growing discontent with her home life. Eve wants more out of her life, and her simmering eagerness comes to the surface in unexpected ways through O's acting. Well, Sandra O oh was a nuanced fucking bitch when it comes she to range. Is. So you write about that. You got that right. All right. Number seven says Villanelle. It's about her growth. And the blurb says here, Eve is on her own journey in Killing Eve, but Villanelle so far has been the subject of the most change on the show. She begins... <laughs> She begins as an unrepentant murderer, and at the end of season three, she can't bring herself to kill anyone else. Um, Th but that's she, a reach. but she marked right. She marked Rayanne. She just it just went slower, and it was less less chill than it usually is. It continues. It continues. Her journey forces her to confront her actions and her past in ways that position her as the focal point of the show. That's subjective. Oh, it's sure because it's not, it's not narrative. Is. It's not. I mean, I guess although. Actually, let me roll that back. We could say that is narrative based for season three, just due to sheer time. But I would just say, like, in general, no. Uh, most change. I don't know if she's had the most growth of anyone. If we say that she entered into the series as a murderer and has exited series three still a murderer. You uh, mean Villanelle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know that Villanelle's grown, but I do think her characterization has grown. Like, we know more about her, but I don't know that Villanelle the person has truly grown. I mean, it seems like it's baby steps. And if we say she's grown, I think she's grown with how not to be a total dick and ridiculous when it comes to interacting with with Eve. But like the rest of the world, I'm like, Villanelle grew, grew where? Like, what is she? <laughs> I don't know. You guys feel free to write in as always to give us your opinions on Villanelle's growth, how you perceive it, how you think it happened, if you think it happened at all. Because I think it's a little bit different to develop a character and explain, try to explain a character and why they do versus saying they actually have grown into this new echelon of something. I think that's plausibly where Villanelle could go in season four or series four, but I don't know that it happened a shit ton in series three. And then you'd have to really just uh, ignore the rising darkness in Eve Palastri. To say that one character grew more than another character because Eve is Eve got she got bodies <laughs> like um she's literally 
killed a man at the end of the series too. Like that literally happened to her. Maybe you feel like you haven't seen her react or respond in a way. Maybe the time skip has something to do with that. But Eve is a new, she's a new Eve starting series three than how she started series two. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. She's a new and different and better Eve, I would say. All right, let's keep it moving. It ends by saying Villanelle's undone by her actions in season three, including killing her own mother. And it's clear that her trajectory is taking her somewhere she never imagined she would go. Eve's boudoir, but I feel like she imagined it. She imagined <laughs> she it. Never imagined she that. imagined it. Ever since series All right. one. All right, so number six on this article is Eve. It's Eve's story too. Oh, is it? Story I, mean, I mean, welcome. Because I thought it was called Killing Eve. I thought, welcome to the welcome to the plot and the narrative. The blurb here says, Eve is on a journey too. By the end of... <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face. She's on a journey Me too. By the end of season three, she's essentially lost everything. She's lost her job, her marriage, and her home. All she has is Villanelle and the faint possibility that the two of them could end up together. I'll come back to that. There are a lot of reasons why the two are perfect for each other and a lot of reasons why they're not. <laughs> but Eve has gone from wanting to put Villanelle away to becoming someone capable of killing herself. She kills Villanelle's temporary handler in season two and contributes to the death of Dasha in season three. But none of those actions seem to have Eve Palastri be someone who's grown more than Villanelle, according to two points ago. So that's interesting. Someone who's never killed in the beginning of the series now has bodies by the end no, of series true. three. She's got several and bodies. that's not she's got that's not bodies. character growth for you for reasons. I mean, sure, whatever, I guess. Well, uh, not so <laughs> not so far as this article is considering growth. It's interesting that they say all she has is Villanelle and the fame possibility that the two of them could end up together, because I would counter that's not how season three ends. And when we get to my list of what I didn't like or what I liked most, I will further expound. But that's like, that's when we open in season three, Eve is slumming it. Uh huh. She's basically in a Korean hood, just hanging out in London. Like, I'm trying to blend. Don't notice me. Let me make my doublings and live in my filth because we can't forget Eve's apartment and the Lord. actual filth that she was living Lord. amongst. I'm pretty sure that there was creepy crawlers. No. Nope. I mean, that's what happens. Like, you leave edibles that you don't clean, and I i mean actual things that you can eat, not not the edibles that can um, elevate you. Dry so out, <laughs> take out, and just, oh. Right. Exactly. Oh. Like, you see the takeout box moving, and you're like, what's in there? <laughs> no, no. A creature. A creature of the night. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they say she contributes to the death of Dasha, and I'm like, Dasha would have been fucking fine with just a head injury. Like, Dasha has a crushed chest cavity right. because of Eve. The Foley team was like, these are bones crunching. Because didn't Villanelle just hit her the one time? So she was concussed. Like, she just swung yep. and hit her. That's a concussion. Eve. Eve, Eve did some other things. She did some next level shit. But whatever. I'm going to still say that Dasha is Eve's body. That if Dasha's dead, if that's what they did, even though we didn't get to see it on camera, then that's Eve. Eve, Eve should be the one to have that little tick that she puts on a wall. Shoot. Even at this point, we could say Nico's went through changes. Nico. Oh let's, <laughs> let's stop. And he did. He right. had growth. Right. He, we, there's a different Nico from, oh, he getting off and sniffing at a psychopath to the Nico that has grown to be like, fuck you, Eve. Right. Piss off forever. Piss off. I'm good. Until he gets marked, of course, by Dasha. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just looking at number five and the I image. I'm afraid. Yeah. The image, the image is with Villanelle and her Spanish wife. Do you remember that Spanish wife's name? No. Maria. Oh, yeah. It was Maria. <laughs> Let me not belt into a it fucking West Side Story song. Okay, so number five is Villanelle. She's representation. And the. <laughs> you know what? Let's not even go to that side jaunt of all the journalists that refused to acknowledge she was representation until they did. But okay. This is what the blurb says. Even Villanelle are certainly one of the best, will they or won't they, couples on TV. But the show goes beyond the prospect of the two getting together by showing clearly that Villanelle is an LGBTQ plus character. She has dalliances with numerous women and even marries another woman at the start of season three. Villanelle is a complicated character in many ways, but she is a good depiction of an LGBTQ character in modern television. I... That's interesting. I that's interesting. That's yeah. Is I, it, no, it's, what does it's it compare to? Well, see, what's interesting 
what I think is so curious about it is the the stuff that we've had to talk about on this podcast where people are constantly casting the relationship of the characters in a particularly negative light because they're like, well, there's murder, there's misandry, there's these things. And we're like, so what? We still like it. And so it's interesting that you're like, you know where there's good representation? Right here on Killing Eve, when we know, having gone through season two, that it was one of the most difficult seasons for us. We have yes, that episode so about the head perspective where we were like, yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously you guys can tell that these two ladies were engaged in, in behavior that was definitely not G-rated. And instead we found out from the head perspective that that, was, that is not something that came across to everybody. And so interesting. Well, you know what? I, I still will say Villanelle is great for representation because she kills men. I mean, she does also <laughs> kill other people, but she does that too. And perhaps what's so refreshing about Villanelle as a character because in so many instances maybe say for the L word, when you have queer women on TV, they're coded a certain way. And maybe, you know, unless I include Santana from Glee, you don't have these confident, no, sapphic right. bitches who will see a woman come in. Actually, I got to add in Lister to that because uh, Saran played that well. Where you see a woman come in and if if you if you have the queer jaunt, if Sappho lives within you, you're going to see that person and be like, oh, wow. Like you <laughs> might make some eyes. Doesn't mean you have to do anything. Doesn't mean right. you have to necessarily say anything. But there's going to be a clocking of, okay. And what was that episode two, episode one of Killing Eve where, where Bill and Elle is walking down the street and she spots a milf in the wild and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that milf in the wild. And so that's... Do you know her or something? <laughs> no. No, exactly. <laughs> And so that's something that to me is very small, but it matters a heck of a lot. And we know we have Phoebe Waller-Bridge to thank for that. We know all the people that have put their effort and care and concern to Gentleman Jack. And that matters because if you're going to have a queer bitch, like she's queer all the time. She doesn't stop being queer. And so if there's someone to look at, she more than likely is going to look. And so... I appreciate that about Villanelle because we don't have enough of those broads. We don't have enough of those women's on TV because I'm trying to think outside of the ones I named. And I'm like, it's rare as fuck that you get to see, like, I don't want to use objectification, but a woman appreciating another woman's look. It's the female gaze and the and flirting lack thereof, <laughs> which makes it so hard to pull a good reference point. And so I'm wondering if this writer, this blogger, this article creator is viewing what they're viewing from the queer lens or from the female gaze. Like, how how are you looking at this this character and what makes them good to you, the person writing? Because right, we right. know what makes it good for us, but are you saying it to say it? Is it a buzzword for you? Help me understand. Right. Excellent questions. All right. Let me move on to number four. We're almost done here. Number four, Eve. The show doesn't forget her. Excuse me. I'm just. See, no, I need this... to. No, I need to get up. I thought I was ready to go forward. You can talk to the people. I just. I need to get up for a second. The show. It's funny that you can say something like the show doesn't forget her, and we're talking about series three, right? Series three, the same series where like an entire episode happened, and there was no Eve Palastri on screen. That series. That series three. Um, the series where it felt like um, there was a fight for screen time, for any kind of development where people were going through actual changes, which would have probably rated higher on your list for characters who were going through things had you seen them experience the things they were going through versus time skip over their trauma because you can't do that in real life. Last We left Eve shot at the end of series two and then we come back, oh, she's just, you know, in the mouth and just chilling by herself and just going through the motions to try to not be seen and living in, in her squalor. And it's like, but you get from point A to point B. Oh, we helicoptered you out of Rome. Oh, that's fascinating. Was there no budget for that? Like, so all of these things are happening to this character with this character around this character. And we just don't get to see or experience any of it. But we have the luxury of hearing that the, sh the, the show doesn't forget about her. It's almost like there wasn't a campaign happening all through social media with the where is Eve in black and white just splattered <sighs> across I'm back, bitches. because people I'm needed back. to know what I'm back. and where I'm and back. why. I'm back. I'm back. Let me read this damn blurb. I heard most of your rant and I appreciated it, sir. All right. So this blurb four says many other television shows would have shifted their focus entirely to Villanelle once it became clear the hit they had on their hands with the character. Whoa, whoa. Can't just get through it. For example, shows like Family Matters. Why are we wait, there? Wait, Why are we there? Let me try and finish. I know I'm the one that keeps stopping, but I also... 
Okay, let me try that sentence again. For example, shows like Family Matters refocused entirely on the breakout character of Urkel. Full stop. Rather than make Killing Eve entirely about Villanelle and her murderous exploits, the show remains the back and forth between the two women with as much investment in Eve's story as Villanelle's. <laughs> and they wrote this with a straight face. This is where I feel like you got to have a certain amount of words in your essay as a student and you just write in bullshit. You just like, oh, it's hot outside today. And what does it mean existentially? Because what was the point of this? Like, what was the point? What was the what was the point? There was acting on all sides. But you can't say there was acting on all sides when you're trying to make us pick. But when they say, like, we had a hit on our hands with this character, it's like you're not necessarily making sense because the character works best in tandem with with Mm -hmm. Eve. Like that is the that is the push and pull. That's what it is. So how can you say, oh, fuck Eve, even though the show is called Killing Eve, fuck her. Let's focus on Villanelle and her being an assassin. How that is another show entirely. That is just a different fucking show. So I don't understand the correlation. Again, I'm going to fall back to I just had to have lines. And this is what happened. I filled this in. It doesn't have to make any sense because there is no sense to be made. How do you have Killing Eve not be about Eve and Villanelle? Like it just, we've said this before, but it doesn't work if it's not, if it's not about Eve and Villanelle. Yeah. And the other show is definitely like a spinoff or some sideshow. So if you have those desires for any of the characters, write that show. And if the actors feel like donating their time or you're paying them scale so that they can act in whatever program that is then kudos to all involved, but don't call that Killing Eve. Call it something else. Yeah, I just, also it's weird that Family Matters was chosen. Um, it's like this other show where there were minorities, and it's like, wait, what? Huh? Okay. Well, I mean, but not just that. Like, I feel like in the original Family Matters like paraphernalia like Urkel was always in the front that was always that was always a thing that here's Urkel and he is a neighbor and he's over here being annoying like if I'm I'd have to google it but I'm pretty sure the first ever stuff I saw family matters like Urkel was apart from the family but prominent in the placement like so like in the front and the family's oh, in the background oh I see what you mean yeah I think that happened when most people got into the show it was when he was already front and center yeah uh but the show was a perfect strangers spinoff so it was more about the elevator operator and the husband and so then it was like here's kids and here's a grandma and they had like things and you know well, i just googled it and i don't see any covers with just him on it like there's pictures of just you know like the family but the, all the family matters dvds have urkel in the front and some of these old posters either way it was a weird comparison like it was very strange to of all the shows like remember in family matters like <laughs> while you're talking about killing eve okay cool one is a sitcom from the 90s the other is a drama so there's that man imagine me on a show where my character is in the title and i more than likely have a producer credit and then an episode happens and i'm not in it like that's just so it's interesting it's interesting oh my gosh okay so we're almost done we're at three and three is villanelle the anti-hero so this blurb says the so-called golden age of television is defined by the anti-hero whether it's breaking bad or other anti-hero focused shows the character who operates outside of the norms has become the trend in recent years Villanelle fits this mode perfectly. Villanelle is a character fans love to hate. She kills, she cheats, she lies, and people keep watching her because she's not a simple stock character. She's complex with shades of light and dark that make her story compelling. All right, this, I'm sorry, this sounds like total bullshit to me. Like it's I feel actual like complete. They were maybe dumb. writing about Breaking Bad or they were writing about the Joker or they were writing but about But no, no one loves to hate Villanelle. Right. If anything people feel bad for how they love to love Villanelle. They're like she does such horrible things, but I have no hate in my heart for her at all. So I'll push back on that. I mean, she kills, she cheats, she lies. Do we care? I mean, it's like Eve said when she was at uh, breakfast with Carolyn. It's like, well, I mean, she's not doing anything to me. I mean, might as well just let her do whatever she wants. And that's sort of the vibe. Right. And Villanelle gets more complex. I mean, well, we first have to give it up to Jodie Comer because there was only so much that Phoebe Waller-Bridge could write in season one. And there was a whole lot of mystery to who Villanelle was by the time series one ends itself. And so that's do- that's owing to Jodie's ability to have like nuanced range acting, face acting. I'm doing all these extra things to imply that multiple thoughts are happening in my head or conflicting thoughts are happening in this scene, thus indicating depth or 
something more interesting than what appears to be happening on the surface. So I would say Villanelle is a character people love to love, and that's what's harder to do. This they is... said shades of light and dark. I mean, Villanelle was mostly dark. If we're <laughs> honest about it, there, there wasn't much light. The light was in the humor of her and how she lived her life. The light was in her getting pretty things for her Paris flat. The light was not in her actions or, like... <laughs> Right, how she dealt. Anton was, but I thought that that even uh, a friend in the Russian prison. Wait, look at me. Are you sure? Uh, yes, I'm sure. I want to be free. I would rather die. But I that okay. You got your wish, boo. It's true. All right, so we are at number two, and number two says Eve. She's becoming the villain. Oh, um. So my issue with that statement is what? you should hear all the statements <laughs> okay, before you I'll give wait, your issue because you know I got to do the blurb, the little whack ass blurb. Okay, and it says Villanelle has killed and hurt a lot of people, but after three seasons, Eve is well on her way to becoming someone just as dangerous. Eve has done a lot of horrible things, and in many ways, she's becoming the villain of this series. As Villanelle rejects her violent past, Eve seems to be embracing it. She took a certain amount of glee attempting to kill Dasha in season three. She held back in the end, but Dasha's injuries were a result of Eve's actions, making her culpable. So we just gonna forget about the fact that she tried to kill her husband, regardless of whether or not they were on good terms well, or I mean, not. She, I don't know if she actually tried to kill Nico per se, but she thought it out to the bitter end. We know that from season one that she was like, "Oh, I've I've actually figured out exactly how I would get rid of all your remains." Oh no, and just Eve, keep it moving. Yes, but I mean Dasha. Like if you talk about Eve and what she did to Dasha, it was inspired. It was provoked. Because she was like, oh, oh yeah, I they met said that she man. held back at the end. She definitely did mustache. not hold back. She was forced to the, stop by the, the popo. Cops, right. The, the popo. popo was like, oh, she was like, oh, shit. I'm a minority. Let me get out of here. <laughs> it's, it's just in the blood. She said, I got to go. I'm not on the job. I no longer have a badge. In fact, I don't think I came in here legally off my passport. Because, <laughs> you know, Eve just be traveling right, places right. where it doesn't make sense. I don't got my MI6 license or ID. Like, I never got my, my job ID. Like, there's no, I can't prove that I'm here. Right. You're right. And just Lord. to add to your point where they say Eve seems to be embracing it, bitch, she was embracing the darkness in season one. Yes. When she was she stabbing was. her leg, fantasizing about killing her man, and also getting off to women assassins. Like, let's just call it what it is. Let's paraphrase Nico and what he saw. So I, and this has always been my thing too. The whole time we've been covering Killing Eve is that Eve has had this darkness and she's shown it the entire time. But people want to believe that either Eve is like them or Eve is just misguided, confused, curious, and that she could never naturally want to be on the, the dark jaunt. But of course, we know that's not Kansas' opinion. But let me wrap this up with the final one, number one. And that is Villanelle. She's becoming the hero. And the blurb says, just as Eve is descending into darkness, Villanelle is drifting toward the light. She couldn't bring herself to kill anyone after the murder of her mother. And at the end of the third season, she's on the run from her handlers and out of the game. She even tried to sign up with MI5, no, that's MI6, offering her knowledge and experience to Carolyn in a bid to get away from the 12. It seems possible that the fourth season will see Villanelle working for the good guys in some capacity and likely still partners with Eve. Um, help. Well, first of all, it's MI6. It's MI6. It's not MI5. I do not think that Villanelle wanted a desk job. She wanted a field agent job to spy and do stuff for Carolyn and whatever. Help. I just... <laughs> I need help because you want to say that Eve is just as violent and just as culpable, but you're, it's almost like you're, you're, it's, but they also written. are lying, Terrence. They said she couldn't bring herself to kill anyone after she killed her moms, but we know that she has killed yes, post we do. her moms. So, so there's that. Like, do your homework a little bit more. Who is this? Let me go, let me shout her out. Darby, Darby Harn, Darby Harn, when you write about Killing Eve, we just might talk about, so you might want to double check that you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's because there was some just straight up incorrect information in this article. I just, I wanted, oh, I, it broke my brain. This article broke, broke my brain. It's like, you want me to totally absolve one person of and and don't get me wrong i don't mind a road of redemption if a if a killer a murderer wants to go through that gauntlet and and try to do some good to balance out their life at the end like i've had women on tv do that and i, I can rock with that story um but there you know you got to also be able to deal with the things that you leave in your wake <laughs> Like, so she's, what, baptized after Are You From Pinner? Is that what I'm led to believe? No. Oh, baptized in the innocence of, like, you can't kill anymore. I don't, because, again, we've we've talked about this, and I'm sure we'll get into it more in the next snack, but 
I don't think it's an issue of can't. I think it's an issue of like autonomy, agency, trauma, and all kinds of things. And part of that was Villanelle figuring out that she was still on a bunch of strings. She thought she had somehow elevated herself above the strings. She was trying to raise her position in the 12. She ultimately got what she wanted. But at the end of the day, she was still being dicked around, mm-hmm. to put it simply. So I just feel like there's a lot that contributes to Villanelle's disaffected state when it comes to the murder. Because when it came to murdering to plausibly get to Eve or stop a situation, she could handle that with Rianne. Because she was like, no, I'm not going back with you to see Lady in Bread. I don't know what you guys have planned on the boudoir, but you're not going to catch me over there. Her and so pass. she did it. I don't think she was excited about beating the shit out of Rianne and throwing her in the tracks, but she did it anyway. And if she wasn't trying to get to Eve, I don't know that she would have bothered. She might have done it like Dasha. We're like, all right, I club you over the head, whatever. Do you you and I'm going to get out of here. Ruined my dance scene. I was going to confess many things on that dance floor with my lady and you just had to come with your energy and that jacket and that outfit and just ruin everything. And then you didn't even put up a decent fight. Well, shit. Those revelations took a bit longer than we anticipated. I didn't know I was going to go through that trifling article, but then I had to at the end of the day. <laughs> so now you guys don't have to click it. You don't have to read it. You know what it is. You know what it's about. If you want to send Darby your opinions, your thoughts and opinions on, on Killing Eve, like, fucking do that. 